Welcome to What's That About? This week we're discussing hangovers. And, uh, you know, I think one of my favourite stories with our family, Luke, is that Christmas that I managed to convince Mum that you were an alcoholic. It was... <laughs> it was good. <laughs> what a stitch up. Not a Merry Christmas. <laughs> you may not that you'd remember, but... Uh... <laughs> There's nothing I could do to convince her that I wasn't an alcoholic. It's very hard to prove a, a negative. It's like, you know, and I think we've mentioned this on previous ones, is that we had an aunt who I think I was 35 and I went to Christmas at my grandma's house and I had half a light beer and then she starts calling me Tipsy McAllister. Like, <laughs> not that you'd know, drunky. And I'm like, steady on, it's half a light beer. You were off your face, to be, to be fair. To <laughs> so <laughs> ridiculous. I was like, what did that come from? <laughs> I think because I think it started because I I think I came home for Christmas and I had a bit of a an interest in G and T's at the time. So often at about four o'clock in the afternoon, I'd say, "Hey, does anyone want a G and T?" Just to kind of get into the uh, festive vibe. And so I'll just quietly say to Mum, oh, "Luke's having another one." <laughs> a little, a little whisper yeah. under the breath in the kitchen. That's another one. <laughs> yeah, and. And anyway, it kind of developed. And once again, mum, coming from the same family as my aunt, doesn't take much to convince her that uh, you've got an issue. I never, and then I my never favorite had part any was, more than two in one sitting. It was Boxing Day morning. Is you went up to have a shower after breakfast. And then I think I put a lemon and an ice cube in just your glass of water and said, Luke started drinking already, mum. And, <laughs> and she was so worried. Uh, oh, you are a cruel man! What a yeah. Uh, and I don't think she even when I came and said, "Mom, it's we're just joking. Don't worry." I don't think I think she she thinks you have a problem to this day. I think she does. And any time I yeah. any time I try to argue it, I get the sense she's thinking mm, denial. That's the first stage of a problem. Like she, <laughs> I can't get out of this. You, yeah, it's my finest finest work. <laughs> so bad, so bad. Anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let's hit the theme music and get on with the show. Alrighty, Don. Another what's that about? Let's do this. Just a little, little couple of updates from last episode. <clears throat> As you remember, oh, sorry, a little bit uh, <clears throat> sick again. Sorry, I seem to be sick. You're still sick. Sick. Are you still sick, or are you sick again? Uh, it's a new sickness. I'm sick every time we do the podcast. <laughs> it's a new one. It's like, <laughs> it's like you're sick so often. When you're well, that's the unusual bit. It's kind of like, ah, oh, look, I've just come down with a just a cheeky twenty four hour wellness. Um, should. <laughs> Should clear up and I'll be back at work in no time. <laughs> Sadly, very true. Yeah. Um, but just a quick update. Firstly, obviously, uh, mum saying uh, hungry as a frog has gone absolutely viral. I'm hearing that. It's gone viral. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Secondly, just to update you on the listeners, we did a uh, cheap ratings grab, putting out an episode on the Olympics uh, during the Olympics. And I think even less people listen than normal. So that didn't work at all. I think so too. I think, you know, we've discussed our previous attempts at getting getting attention and getting a few more downloads than usual. None of them have worked. I reckon we need to go the complete opposite. And I don't know, what do you reckon? Like, I'm going to release a Christmas episode. Can't even do it in July. Probably Christmas in July, wankers. Um, maybe, I don't know, February. We're going to have to go niche and obscure. Let's just go the opposite direction. The absolute opposite. <laughs> 
But there was a big a big bit of news between episodes. I thought uh, I thought Donnie, we had we were exclusive, you and me. I thought we did this podcast together and no other podcast. Mm-hmm. And yet, I uh, tune into another podcast, and you're making a guest appearance. Man, I'm a free spirit. You can't tie me down, man. This bird's going to fly. And I did. <laughs> Straight into another podcast. Uh, yeah, no, they. So the whole thing was, I think they tried to get you. You picked the movie. They tried to get you. You were busy or had something on. Uh, and so they got the big upgrade. The big D. <laughs> wow. The big D came in. Upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. You're so busy, and I'm not at all busy. I think he actually emailed me, but if he rang me, it would have been something like this. Don, you willing? Yep. <laughs> That's what it would have been like. Do you want a guest in the Yep. <laughs> so for context, this is uh my neighbour who runs a podcast called San Dimas Film of School and they've just review movies. They chat about school movies. School of film. School of film. School of film. Film school. Not film of school. Yeah. Okay, let's let's That'd start be that a again. really boring movie. <laughs> film. A podcast about films about school. That's a niche. It's a niche one. We've done the Breakfast Club about thirty-seven times. Yeah, the Breakfast Club, and then to serve with love, over and over again. That's maybe was it Dangerous Minds? Dangerous Minds, and yeah, all of those movies. There's, there's, that same movie has been made about thirty-seven times, where a teacher goes into a, a bad neighbourhood and makes the kids turn a corner, yeah. or and to a lesser extent, Sister Act Two, Back in the Habit. Very similar. Great movie. It holds up. Anyway, it's a really it's a really fun podcast where they look at movies from. The 80s, 90s, even into the 2000s. But it's, I love it because it's kind of like nostalgia about movies we watched growing up. But anyway, yeah. I put forward The Karate Kid as a suggestion. Great movie. You've gone on it. And in the first opening gambit, you have slagged me off big time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's cut to the tape here. And this was your first anecdote in the podcast. Now, Don. Yeah. Tell us about Luke as a, as a kid. <laughs> Specifically 1984 Luke <laughs> Yeah Luke was two in 1984 And he was actually This is a little family story He was such a large kid He was like over the 90th percentile My mum had to lie about his age So he was like <laughs> She would come up for a six month checkup And she'd say oh he's four It was like really <laughs> <laughs> It's great oh, Just quietly I'm having the best time That's meant to be in the family Don That's the family secret yeah, look, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I've never. We are heavily edited this podcast, and we sound like we can construct a sentence. But I didn't know how those go, those guys edited their uh, things. So I, I felt a bit of pressure to uh, come up with something that made sense, and my mind just went straight to, <laughs> straight to paying you out about <laughs> how large you were as a baby. <laughs> I was a very big baby. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I will give you points though. This I I've le- I listened to the episode and I thought this was your best joke. Just uh, our listeners might appreciate. Uh, this was Don's best joke. I'm not saying much, but this was your best joke on the uh, podcast. All right, Don. What's your What's your spiel on this film? What do you, What do you think about it? Uh, yeah. Look, this is a massive movie. I was five when it came out, and I think every kid just loved the Karate Kid. Everyone wanted to be either Mr. Miyagi or daniel son in the playground. Um, one kid wanted to be daniel son's mum, which was weird. But <laughs> we, d- we didn't really talk about that guy. Um, yeah, not bad. Not bad work yeah, there, not Don. Bad. I'll, I'll give not you that. Not great. Not a great joke, but passable. Passable. All right, so yeah, uh, check out that podcast if you're interested in movies. It's very good. 
Alrighty, Don, before we get into the meat of this episode, any things from this week, your week, any grumblings you want to touch on? Ah, look, a funny thing happened to me the other day, and I found it amusing. I already told it and no one laughed, but I think it's funny, so I'm sticking with it, Mm -hmm. is I work at a hospital and I was talking to a patient and I walked up to him and sort of introduced myself. Hey, my name's Don. And he goes, great hair. And I've never heard that before. (laughs) What? Was he heavily sedated? Anyone who's seen my hair... Knows very well that it is not great hair. So my initial instinct was, screw you, man. <laughs> I'm just being friendly. Don't pay me out. Anyway, so I looked, and he's, he was telling the truth. He's like, no, really great hair. It's really cool. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm feeling pretty good. Anyway, look at his medical history. First thing, legally blind. <laughs> <laughs> First thing, it was written in capital letters, legally blind. I mean, oh, you got to be kidding. <laughs> that explains it all. Oh, I was so gutted. He, 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 <laughs> I was on cloud nine and then, did, did and you then the cloud walk, disappeared. Did you have to walk from the bedside to the nurse's station to look at his file? Like, do you, you have a walk of glory? No, I was right there. Okay. I had the, his notes out. And I'm like, oh, thanks so much because I must be having a really good head. I've literally never heard that before. And then I looked down and saw Legally Blind. <laughs> so and it all makes sense. It all yeah, makes sense. I know. But for a few moments, I was genuinely happy. <laughs> It was good. It was nice. Very nice. No, that yeah. was that was worth it. That was good. Thank you. That's literally all that's happened to me in the last <laughs> month. All right. So we may as well get into the topic, which this is a Don's special. Hangovers. What are they about? I can only imagine when the Don's definition team got this brief, they were high-fiving and rejoicing in the hallways at Don HQ. What is your Don's definition for hangover? Well, so a hangover refers to a set of symptoms that occur as a consequence of drinking too much. Typical symptoms include fatigue, weakness, thirst, headache, falling asleep in the middle of a party, muscle aches, (laughs) nausea, stomach pain, vertigo, sensitivity to light and sound, anxiety, irritability, sweating and increased blood pressure. All that stuff. Ah, beautiful. The falling asleep. It's unpleasant. Yeah, very, very unpleasant. With the falling asleep in the middle of the party, little little tip there, if you're going to pass out at a party, just call it loudly. I'm falling asleep now intentionally and very quickly. See you in the morning. That gets, no one claims the That's like out. saying when you feel like you're about to vomit on yourself, guys, I'm just intentionally vomiting on myself. Control. It's you're, all above board. It's all about being in control, Donny. Yeah. <laughs> so. But yeah, hangovers, they're garbage. I reckon. They're <laughs> they, not good. They are awful. They're awful. They're awful. I'm, and I'm not a massive drinker. Never have really been a big drinker in terms of binging kind of drinking. But I do feel the older you get, the harder it is and the longer it takes to really feel like a normal human again. Totally. I, I've almost retired from hangovers. I just don't do them anymore because I can't handle them. And with kids, it's just not worth it. But yeah. I, I did actually look up why do they get worse with age? And it's because your metabolism slows down. So you process the alcohol less quickly so you effectively are just sitting in the poison that is alcohol and we'll talk about what's happening with the hangover soon but yeah it's metabolism related well (laughs) not fun not fun (laughs) not fun (laughs) imagine you just lying there hung over with your perfect hair ah it would be uh, (laughs) (laughs) what a sight one day i'm gonna make an effort with my hair i've still got hair like i've been like I did when I was five. Yeah. I reckon, like, do you have you ever thought I'm gonna change my haircut and be have a cool hairstyle? 
Oh, occasionally I've thought, let's mix it up and do a little bit of a higher shave on one side or something. But then I, <laughs> yeah. I look in the mirror and go, no, nah, I'm not pulling that off. There's no way. Yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> um, but the formal name for a hangover is Visalgia, which is Norwegian for uneasiness following debauchery, which <laughs> I think is a great description. It's a perfect description. And we could almost put debauchery in our... Big book of great words up there with lozenge and crummies. How good's debauchery? Debauchery is a great oh, word. Oh, it's a beautiful word. Yeah. So there's a lot to like about the word, even if it's a terrible experience. What did you... Because you're, I guess you're more inclined to these kind of topics than me. What did you learn about how they work? Why do we get a hangover? Uh, well, there's multiple, there's multiple causes of hangovers. So the obvious one, mild dehydration. Mild? That's what it says. Extreme when you, when you wake up in the morning at like 5am and then you just feel like you need three litres of water, it doesn't feel like mild. <laughs> it's just not mild. Everything, everything I read was like 80% of what's causing your hangover symptoms is dehydration. It's effectively just yeah. an enormous dehydration. So, yeah. So, apparently alcohol suppresses the release of vasopressin, which is a hormone produced by the brain that sends signal to the kidneys, causing them to retain fluids. So, when, once that's suppressed, it's essentially, you know, you're going to make more urine, um, and so it's the mild dehydration is a result of weighing more than you should, dehydrating yourself due to that vasopressin. Yeah, so effectively alcohol is like a diuretic, and you yeah. you just keep on urinating all of the, the water out of your body. I read somewhere it was like for every 250 mils of alcohol you consume, you urinate out a litre. So... The more right. you drink, the more you are just completely draining all of the water out of your your body. That sounds extreme. I don't. Is that accurate? Well, it was a it was a scientific article. Scientific <laughs> 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 And that's why when you you know when you've got a he- uh, like a headache the next morning, yeah, it's because your your body is so dehydrated that it's actually stealing water from your brain to to put them into your organs. So your brain is shrinking. And pulling like you're it, shutting down. Yeah. Usually it, when you shut down, your brain is not going to... They're not going to prioritize your organs over your brain most of the time, I wouldn't think. Which equ- is interesting. Are you questioning my facts here? I'm questioning your science, your, uh, your scientific <laughs> studies. Anyway, well, second second culprit, disrupted sleep. So, And this is definitely true uh, in my experience. People may fall asleep faster after drinking alcohol, possibly on a couch in the middle of a party, but their sleep <laughs> is fragmented... And they tend to wake up earlier, which is true. You don't have a great sleep. You're tossing and turning, if you're lucky, man. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Terrible. Um, No, you're tossing and turning and you wake up. I always, you know, you wake up early. It's not often you'll have a really good sleep in. And so that contributes to the fatigue. Yeah, exactly right. Which you'll feel afterwards, yeah. Yeah, and what's happening chemically there is that alcohol inhibits the production of glutamine, which is why you get, well, alcohol's a depressant. You get sleepy when you drink. And then when you go to bed, your body tries to make up for that lack of glutamine and produces more. So you get a stimulant effect. It's, it's kind of known as the rebound effect. So you're actually quite alert. You don't get a deep sleep and then you're fatigued the next day. Um, gastrointestinal irritation. So alcohol irritates the lining of the stomach, increases acid release, which can lead to nausea and stomach discomfort. It is. When I read that little bit about you producing hydro, alcohol produces hydrochloric acid in the stomach. Like the more you looked into the technical side of a hangover and what's happening with alcohol, you are yeah. you're, you're kind of gradually poisoning yourself, aren't you? 
He says as he drinks his big <laughs> swig of a little, beer. A big glug of beer. <laughs> You're basically posing as a glug glug glug. <laughs> uh, inflammation. Alcohol increases inflammation in the body, which contributes to the malaise. That's a, that's a nice word. Malaise Ooh, put that the, people put feel. Put it in the dictionary. Yep. Put it in the book uh, when they are sick and that. And it's may, a bit of a, there's a lot of maze may play a role in hangover symptoms. <laughs> it's a bit of a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because you kind of got this irritation of the stomach wall. You've got the acid in the stomach, which makes you feel nauseous. But if you vomit it up, it actually helps reduce the hangover because you're getting the alcohol out of your stomach. It's not decreasing the alcohol that's already in your system. It just stops any more from going in your system. Yeah, it stops the absorption. Yeah. 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 Um, I read another one, which is around alcohol kind of breaks down the storage of glycogen in the liver and then it, it ends up pushing glucose out through your urine more than normal. So it's like, obviously, if you get losing the energy source of glucose, you're then getting weakness and fatigue and lack of coordination the next day. So there's a bit going on there as well. Hmm. And another one, they say, it's like a mini withdrawal. So while drinking, individuals may feel calmer and more relaxed, even euphoric, but the brain quickly adjusts to these positive effects as it tries to maintain balance. And as a result, when the buzz wears off, that's such an 80s word. Buzz. When the buzz wears <laughs> off, people can feel more restless and anxious than, they, than before they drank. Yeah. Don't kill my buzz, man. Yeah. The, and then a similar one with all the urination. And because there, is all, there are so many things that's going out in the urine that seems to have these knock-on effects, apparently because you are urinating so much, lots of salt and potassium and magnesium... Um, go out as well. So you're really depleted on those um, kind of nutrients and that impacts your nerve functioning, your cell functioning and your muscle functioning the next day. So there's yeah. a lot going on here with a uh, a headache, with a, a hangover. Um, with the, just another little, I've never said the word urination so much in my life. Yeah, but <laughs> that's true. <laughs> when, you're doing a, when you're doing so many wee-wees and you know there's a whole thing about breaking the seal. <clears throat> yeah. And whether that's a myth or not. Mm. Like I read one thing that said it is true because once you start urinating and you've got that four to one ratio of drinks in to drinks out, you end up just urinating a lot. <laughs> drinks out? <laughs> <laughs> Your lips are now the bag there, Luke. That's when I go to the toilet, I go, I'm just going to go let... Bear Grill, Luke Bear Grills Martin. <laughs> I'm just going to go let the drinks out. <laughs> drinks out. <laughs> I think it's less about breaking the seal and more about just you're just creating a lot of urine because you're drinking alcohol. I think that's the thing there. Yeah. Um, did you look into what types of drinks are worse for hangovers? Yeah. So the darker coloured beverages are worse for hangovers. Like your bourbons, your whiskies, your brandies, your red wine. No good. And it's I think it's something to do because of the... What's that term? These, like there's congeners, which is like a byproduct of the fermentation process that's worse in dark drinks and then so i think you just, you just it's just more toxins in your body whereas clearer drinks have less of those but if you mix drinks it can be even worse because you're kind of mixing different types of impurities so it's a bit of a cocktail of trouble yeah but actually i i didn't actually write down but there's two specific you know it's not generic toxins i always feel weird when people say generic toxins because it just sounds made up <laughs> but <laughs> just to get rid of the toxins now nah, there's two specific <laughs> Things I don't even know what they are. That uh, that darker spirits and things have that that lighter ones don't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, toxins was the uh, the outer limits of my yeah. research. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like you're about to sell a cure all. 
Luke's, what's that about medicinal brew? It'll serve your toxins. It'll. <laughs> Which toxins? All of them in kinds of. Yeah, <laughs> all the toxins <laughs> eradicated. <laughs> Indubitably. Um, <laughs> that's kind of the, I guess, what's causing it. Like, it's largely um, dehydration and all the stuff that goes out with the urine and then a few other kind of chemical things happening um, and sleep debt. It's kind of a hangover. Anything else on on that? Uh, nah, not really. Uh, we can go into what can we do about it? Yeah, so I thought about this and I thought, well, why don't we actually map out a scenario where Don's gone out with the boys, he's having a big night, and you're going to have to drink 100 beers, no choice. Mm. W- what would your prescription be? Let's step through the... And I, I did a bit of research around what actually has an evidence base versus what's just a myth. So my prescription after doing the research or my prescription before doing the research? Let's hear, let's hear you before. What would you normally do if you really wanted to avoid a hangover? Take three fingers of Luke's medicinal brew. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> three fingers. What I would do, um, I would just try and drink water throughout the night is my theory. Yes. Which I never really do because uh, you're too full. So, <laughs> yeah. I could leave room for the liquid. I could leave room for the beers. Yeah. yeah, this is more me in the olden days. I don't <laughs> do that business anymore. But <laughs> that seems I, to be the main thing. Like, if if the main problem is dehydration, the main solution is just hydrate yourself with heaps of water throughout the night. Is the most effective thing you can do. Yeah, they say hair of the dog. It's a bit of a myth, really. Um, to- total myth. Yeah. So hair of the dog is obviously. Have a beer or have some alcoholic, like Luke did at Christmas. Um, <laughs> and essentially, they say it makes you feel better, or you know, and, yeah. and in a way, it will make you feel better because those withdrawal symptoms that you may get will be delayed. It doesn't it just delays it really more than anything? Exactly, or it may right. lessen it, but it still would also extend it. Yes, I, I think all it's doing is delaying the inevitable. Is uh, I think it's it's firmly in the myth bucket for me. Yeah. Uh, get some carbohydrates into your system. So drinking may lower blood sugar levels. So theoretically, some of the fatigue and headaches can come um, from low blood sugar. So if you eat carbs, they, you know, the thing I read said toast and juice is a way to sort of help your body get its levels back to normal. Yeah. I read before you start drinking heaps of fatty and fried foods to line your stomach. Like the lining your stomach thing is actually fact. Um, so how... Just- <laughs> I'll soon before you've been doing it for years. You've taken it very seriously. <laughs> I'm ready for a big session. Don't worry. Yeah, you've been re- you've been working up for your sixtieth since you were twenty. <laughs> it's going to be huge. Um, and then in the next morning, apparently eggs are very good. There's something in eggs. I think it's it's called cysteine, which right. helps break down one of the toxins in alcohol, which I think is acetaldehyde, which is eggs are very good at mopping up that toxin. Bananas are good because you lose a lot of potassium through your urine, um, as well as fruit juice to put back those blood sugar, the glucose stuff that you lost through your urine again. It always sounds like, you know that old ad with Andrew Gaze, the basketballer, where he's like, cereal, fruit, toast, milk, and juice. Like he's he's always, oh, yeah. he's doing that ad with a hangover and he's just talking through what yeah. he needs to do to get through. He looked shady. He looked pretty yeah. shady in that ad. <laughs> <laughs> Drugs, a lot of people, it says take a pain reliever, but not paracetamol. And so they've kind of, the thing I read, it was interesting. It says aspirin and ibuprofen or other non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs may help with the headache and the overall achy feelings. Don't take uh, paracetamol because it's a bit hard on your liver, which is already under assault from alcohol. Mm. Then it also says NSAIDs, which is the term for non-steroidals, may irritate the stomach already irritated by alcohol. So you may end up with like an ulcer. So 
Maybe don't take drugs. Yeah, I think steer clear of those. And I, Just I, don't I, take drugs. I also read that things like Barocca and some of those other remedies... The studies on those so that most of the effect is actually just due to the water that you're in you're consuming with those products so it's not it's not like they're doing that much more than water on average yes that's all you can do not that i'm advocating going out and drinking a bunch of alcohol but um yeah this is luke's topic um (laughs) (laughs) the other one i read was uh obviously be a bit of a party pooper but don't dance don't have a foot race with a mate don't be too physically active while you're drinking because that'll just make you more dehydrated, which will make your hangover worse. Yeah, that's right. I can see um, you. I can see you being a foot race with a mate kind of guy after a few drinks. <laughs> I have done that before, <laughs> and I'm, I'm a foot race with anyone at any point. I love a, I love a dash. You because you're actually deceptively fast. I think you like to surprise people with your fleetness of foot. <laughs> I'm getting old and. I still like to test it out occasionally. Um, <laughs> whenever, I'm definitely getting slower. Whenever I watch you, like those AFL or NRL players who get caught having a foot race, you know, on a night out with a punt, just a punter from the public, I'm like, oh, that'd be, I, I'm just saying, I bet you it's Don. I bet you Don is having a race against <laughs> I'll them. give you a race. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, did you look into historical cures? No, no, I think I've uh, my medicinal toxin syrup is one of those. So if you if you had to guess what Genghis Khan used to do, uh, what do you think it was? Genghis Khan, I reckon he would have he would have like drunken blood or something. <laughs> Close, pickled sheep's eyeballs is what he would have too. I think he prescribed himself after Jeez. a big night, um, and apparently some people in Mongolia still practice it. They still go the old pickled sheep's eyeballs. Um, far out. The Romans used to eat fried canary, which is kind of weird. Uh, in the American West, the cowboys used to eat rabbit poo. Surely the uh, the cure can't be worse than the condition. Like, that's, yeah. I'd, I'd rather be hungover. But apparently with the... Yeah, I know. Apparently of all the... Look, I don't want to go down this hole, but I was going to say, if all of the animal poo out there, rabbit poo wouldn't be that bad. <laughs> if you had to, <laughs> I don't want to go down that road. If but if you had to, to go them. down there, if you had to rate which animal poo you were going to eat, yeah. rabbit poo would be alright. It's a very well formed little pellet. I, I know. I see where you're <laughs> coming from. It's very dry, and you can see the grass in it. You're going to swallow like, it. You could swallow it, really. Just like gulp down the hatch. You could. Yeah, yeah. That'd probably be one of my picks. Anyway, apparently, <laughs> it contains salts and nutrients such as potassium. So. There actually could be some kind of benefit there. Right. Uh, And the last one I've got is bull penis soup, which is the national hangover cure of Bolivia. Apparently it's pretty intense because apparently it's the penises are served whole and they average a foot and a half in length. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just this big old ding dong in a plate that's just got served out with some potatoes and carrots. (laughs) Can you imagine how awful you feel in a hangover trying to swallow that? That's uh, uh, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> gross. Yikes, that's intimidating. Oh, um, yeah. the, answer me this, and mm. this might be a, a telling stories out of school thing, mm. but in a hospital, is it true that sometimes working like, staff rock up with a hangover and give them put themselves on a drip to rehydrate? Is that true or, or false? This is a classic thing you hear all the time, particularly... 
you know, students, medical students will do that. I'm sure it's happened a bunch of times, but I've never seen it. I think it's more the case, and once again, this is just rumours that I've heard, is that people would take IV fluids home and they'd do that kind of thing at home. Right, okay. You'd was... never do it in hospital. I've, you know, and I've never seen it or, or know anyone that's actually done it. Because the, the, lo- the logistics yeah. of having to sit in an empty hospital bed in your going out gear and just drip up just seems like that's going to be very hard to pull off. Yeah, I 100% am sure it's happened thousands of times, you know, but no, I've never seen it. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, that is a that is a fair cover. That's, that's a little bit more factual than our usual podcast. Um, yeah, and we did actually answer the question, which is nice. Very unusual. It's pleasant. I was actually, yeah. actually, I'd never gone on Instagram. I'd never looked at our Instagram account until the other day. I looked at one of the comments on the Elon Musk episode and someone said, great episode on Elon Musk, despite the fact that you didn't provide any actual information on Elon Musk, which yeah, it's a fair comment. It's a fair bit of feedback there. It was <laughs> it's a fair comment. <laughs> we just made a few Musk stick references and then we just told <laughs> we- some personal anecdotes. End of the show. Um, <laughs> we've, we've fixed that tonight. Before we go, though, I do have a little bit of a social etiquette dilemma I want to I want to put to you. So uh, let's tackle that after the theme song. If you've got a social problem that makes you want to run and hide, then we recommend you listen to Luke and Don's Etiquette Guide. Luke and Don's Etiquette Guide, if you want... Now, Don, here is a situation where I often get myself into a little bit of trouble because... I love a lookalike. Did you just burp then? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, Again. You just, you're really trying. <laughs> I don't know what it is about this podcast and you doing burps mid-sentence. <laughs> it's something about. You've got some gastrointestinal issues. Have you had NSAIDs or, uh, <laughs> or aspirin? When, you, when you're chugging 30 G&Ts in a, in a 20-minute podcast, you're yeah. going to have a burp. <laughs> I like how you try and keep it subtle as well. Like you'll just you'll try and burp into the mouth first and keep the lips nice and shut, and then you, you try and open the slow release valve and hope no one notices. Just a very gentle breeze out of the mouth. Yeah, it's like you're in space and like you've got a two chamber airlock in your mouth. First through the airlock, other one closes, then release it into space. The weird thing is, you pick it up every time. That's amazing. Yeah, it's not hard. I've only, I've only done like two. Usually I edit it out. I've only done like three burps in the five years of this podcast and you, you get uh, everyone, everyone. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> All right, so lookalikes. I thought for a long time that lookalikes were just a bit of fun. Yeah, Where you, someone, me too. Because I, I love a lookalike. I thought if someone looks like someone and you say, hey, you look like them, that is hilarity for all. But the older I get, the more I realise, no, that's, it's, it's actually quite fraught territory. Because it's raw territory. I think with your close friends, it's fine. Yeah. But if you're doing it to someone that you don't know that well, you're in the danger zone. Totally. Because the, 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 the lay of the land, as I see it, is most, like, most people are probably think that they're better looking than they are. And so if you're going to call out a lookalike, you almost have to make the lookalike very positive for the person you're saying they look like. It has to be a positive. It has spin. to be a very. Has to be a look up alike. Is what it has to be. Absolutely. You have to pitch. But if you go too high, like I used to work with a girl who looked like Natalie Portman. But if I said to her, "You look like Natalie Portman," 
That sounds like I'm cracking onto it. That sounds like yeah, it's you're a fine around. line, isn't it? That's that's risky territory as well. Yeah. So it's there's this little uh, kind of a middle sweet spot here. What what is your advice here, Don? Yeah, I think my advice for this one is, and I think it depends on how good the lookalike is. Because if it's a really good lookalike, I think you just got to go in there regardless. You owe it to the lookalike. But you owe it to the lookalike. It's too good to pass up. If it's just like a passing resemblance. You need to assess it, and if it's if you're big upping their looks, if it's like erring, you're bumping them up a couple of points by giving them that uh, that look alike. Do it, and if you're not, and give yourself a large standard error. Is that the, <laughs> is that the term? <laughs> yeah, a just... large range for getting it wrong. <laughs> so that actually happened to me, you know, like with with my girlfriend. I went up to her and I kind of said, "Hey, you know, this drummer looks like you." I was watching a you know a music <laughs> video and there was a drummer. I thought, ah, it's a reasonably perfectly normal looking woman. And uh, she was pissed. <laughs> she was not happy. <laughs> it was a good relationship while it lasted. <laughs> yeah, look, it was fine. <laughs> I did this say with my wife who has dark black glasses and long hair. So anytime I see anyone who has kind of olive skin and glasses, I'll just jokingly say that looks like you. But... They all do in my there's head. A there's a lot of lookalikes. She's a lot of lookalikes around. There's heaps. Nana Muscuri. There's a, there's a very long list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the little tactic I've developed to get around some of the awkwardness of, you know, because ultimately what you're saying is I've looked at you and I've looked at them and I think you're similar and that can be very confronting for people. Often I'll say, well, one of my kids saw this person on TV and said, that looks like you. So I'm doing it through a third party and that it takes away a little bit of the directness away oh, from Oh, that's good. It. Yeah, good tip. I had an example the other like- day where someone I I don't know super well, but they looked like someone that was in the Olympics. And I was like, ah, my kid said you look like that person in the Olympics. And it just took a little bit of the, the pressure out of the situation for everyone. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good move. Thank you. I like it. Like when it's with us, if we have a look alike... Um, we can just go for it with brothers. <laughs> so, but I, I like to do it. Remember, I saw that lookalike of you. It was like, and it wasn't a flattering lookalike. It was like this quite overweight guy with like glasses from two thousand and three, and like a big beard. And it was like, oh, look, that looks like you from two thousand and nine. <laughs> like it was like a time specific, implying you're no longer like that. It was so. That <laughs> was working at levels. Was, was that the guy playing tennis? <laughs> the guy playing tennis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's like 2009 Luke's playing tennis over there. I had to take this sneaky photo of him. <laughs> there's, there's, there's two funny things that, that I'll mention. One is when you have a look like, and it's like they're a different race, but they still look, kind of look like you. And so you're like, oh, I saw Indian Luke today. It was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. And I've seen some genuine, That's the best. you know, different race it's lookalikes. Like, it's like the Adam, Adam Leo. It's like, yeah, Adam Leo. Yeah, that's, that's right. J- Japanese Luke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the other one I really like is when people come up to you and they pitch a lookalike, but it just makes them seem really racist. So, <laughs> so we had one guy, he was like a Korean doctor at the hospital. And then one of the, one of the other nurses comes and goes, hey, look, he looks exactly like Bunky Moon. You know, that was he the, <laughs> the UN guy. First of all, the doctor was like a 25-year-old Korean man. Banky Moon is like 80 years old. That's it's like, that is so racist. As a, as a general rule, I only I only do Caucasian lookalikes. Just yeah, that's that's a good philosophy. <laughs> oh dear, <laughs> who is like who's like the best and worst lookalike that you've had? Oh, for me personally, yeah, I've had 
No one. Usually they're they're much better than me. So one was Luke Skywalker, which is kind of weird. <laughs> just, I'm taking it. It's still not great though. You, you wouldn't say he's a heartthrob. Just Luke flipping Skywalker. Your hair is much better. Much better. Yeah, thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, another one was Lance from Neighbours, which anyone outside of the Australian or UK wouldn't know Lance from Neighbours. I got Lance from Neighbours a few times. And then more recently, because I got a beard, it is Jake Gyllenhaal. I get that a bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think you've got a bit of Jake in you, actually. I would agree, yeah. I would agree with that. Oh, he's, he's much better looking, but there's something... He's much better could, looking and he's ripped. You could be... <laughs> you could be his flabbier, uglier brother, possibly. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll still take it. <laughs> um, my best is Jamie Oliver. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, I don't see that. I don't see Same that. Same colour, hair-ish. Scott Pape. <laughs> got Scott, a Scott pa- Pape. No, you're not a Scott not Pape. To uh, be fair, you are fiercely independent, though. Uh, absolutely. Tre- yeah. uh, Trevor and Bath, don't worry about that. <laughs> All right, I think that Good. is... Uh, that is a fair... That's probably enough on lookalikes and... and That's hangers. enough. That's enough for the episode, I would say. <laughs> Any final thoughts before we head off, Don? No, not really. Um, drink responsibly. Do I have to say that? I think we should. I feel like we should say that. I think that. we should. I think we absolutely yeah. should. Yeah. It's not good for you guys. The- Don't do it. Make your own decisions. Don't really care. <laughs> Well, thank you for listening. As per usual, leave us a review, send us an email, acknowledge our existence. That would be awesome. And we will catch you next time. Yeah. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Bye.